All right, it is Friday night. Welcome to The Journey. Uh, we're glad to have you guys back. We are here live every Friday night. You can find us here on Facebook. You can also find us on YouTube. Uh, also, the audios are available through Podomatic, uh, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts can be listened to. So you can catch us online. Also, if you've been following the podcast, you've been um, just receiving some of the revelation coming forth and it's changing your life and you want to be a part of what we're doing, you can go to www.hcm-stratford.org and uh, you can donate there. There's a donate button. You can be a part of the the journey and give in to the, the mission that we're doing here. Um, and also just want to let you guys know you can also contact us through Facebook or whatever. If you're interested in being part of online schools or anything like that, we are slowly building up a, a group of people who want to do that. So, it's Friday, John. It's Friday. It's, it's Friday. Friday night. And everything's all right. <laughs> everything's all right, Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, no, it's been good. Last week was awesome. I was nice and wrecked, so that was good. Oh, it was good. Mm. Already enjoying the presence. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Feel free to, when you're listening to this, to share the broadcast. Uh, you're more than welcome to. So that's another way that you can be a part of what we do is by sharing and and yeah. helping us to reach a larger audience. Um, you know, so we appreciate you guys who log on with us here every week. Uh, we've been going steady now for a year and a bit. Over a year and a half, I think. Over a year and a half? Yeah, we wow. started in August of 2020. There's a lot of episodes, guys, so don't ever feel like you can't um, go back and learn something. You know, there's a lot of treasures hidden in them hills. Yeah. Well, it's always about precept on precept. And it really helps to, um, like, when it's a staircase or a ladder, it's like you have to step on the one step to get to the next step. And that's why um, it's about, uh, what do you call it, um, progressive light. There you go. You know, so that we can see what God is saying. And basically, um, that's why it's so important as God unpacks this stuff and gives us greater understanding. Now, it's really kind of wild because <laughs> we're living at a time of reformation. Come on. And the Lord showed me that in 2006. He'd asked me at that time, <coughs> I'd watched a movie by Martin Luther, and it was on reformation, obviously. And um, at the end of the movie, the Lord said to me, uh, John, so what do you suppose the church in the West would need reform from? And I thought to myself at the time, well, we're kind of on the cutting edge. Like, I don't know. Shockingly, he's taken me on a journey. <laughs> right? <laughs> to expose how silly I was. So it's like Martin had just started to crack 
something called grace. Come on. But there's so much to this, um, to what God wants us to have. You know, I always say there, that the more of 1994 that happened in Toronto, that the, the, the deal was there was more. And it wasn't just more power, more presence. It was more of who Christ is Come on. in order that we might walk in the greater mm-hmm. glory. You can't just get there because it seems like a good idea. God's going to hand some two-year-old a machine gun and say, go clean up. You know, like I I remember the time he showed up in my kitchen in um, 80 something and he he said to me, he said, you know what? He said, you're you're a little like a a blindfolded guy with a machine gun. You go downtown because I was in evangelism. He says, you go downtown and you spray the streets. You're bound to hit something. You're bound to catch someone. But he said, I'll tell you what. He said, I'm going to put a sights on that gun. So you can hit the target, right? Now, there's a lot of detail to what he's actually saying. He always shows you a picture and kind of says something, but there's a way more depth to it. So he's showing me this, and then he says, I'll take you a step further. He said, you know, when, when I breathed into Adam, he became a living soul. He said, so what I'm going to do is am I in all things? Come on. I said, yeah. He says, I'm going to walk up to you in the dead, and you just speak what I tell you, and we'll breathe life into them and bring them back from the dead. Now, there's quite a bit to that, and he gave me an experience shortly thereafter about that. But it was like what he wanted to show me was it's one thing to be told by um, somebody this is the way it's done, but it's another thing for God to come alongside and say, well, wait a minute. Where did they get that information? And what's the fruit? So he wants to reform, reform something into the original intent of the mind of Christ, not what we're doing. And so it's been quite a journey for me since uh, around, well, 2004 when the 10-foot wave took me to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. But 2005 when he he started to speak to me about um, the spiritual things versus what we'd called spiritual, speaking in tongues, yeah, and casting out demons. And um, he then progressed from there, and like mm-hmm. I say, in 2006, said this about the Reformation. And, and then ever since then, which is what now? Um, 14, eight, going on 18 years. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's and he insane. took me, said, let's go to the deep end of the swimming pool, son. And it's been quite a ride. I mean, uh, his presence and the glory, I wouldn't trade for anything, including the celebration by man to my ego. Come on. Right? To walk with him is, is everything. And so it's not just me. He's calling every single one of us to whosoever will hear his voice. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone Mm. hears my voice, I and the Father, they will come in and sup with him. Right? That's a place of intimacy, sitting together, eating, partaking. Come on. It's a beautiful thing, and it it can be scary and hard because you have to let go of false teaching and lies that imprison you in constructs. Yep. And follow 
he, the Word, which is the living Christ. And uh, you don't know where you're going. I'm going to lead you by a path you do not know. Yes, he is, because you've not been there before. My gosh, you didn't learn it in religion. Yeah. So it's quite a, quite a little journey, you know, but it's what every single human being on the planet at the depth of their being really wants to know is to father. kiss the sun. Yeah, come on. Right? Intimacy. And that's the thing is everything that I've been learning on the journey or through relationship with you and, and on this walk has led me to realize mm -hmm. everything I need is already there. Yeah. And so if that's the only fruit I get, I've already won the game. You know, I'm not, I'm no longer worrying that I'm not enough. No. Because I'm more than enough. Because he wouldn't have picked me to do what I'm here to do if it wasn't already in me to do it. Yeah, remember, it was, where is that in, is it Colossians where it says that um, the Father, oh, what is that, about good works. Yeah. Before the foundation for us to walk in. So it's like, whose good works are they? They're his. I'm not doing these things. Even this revelation stuff he's giving me, it's not mine. No. I didn't get smart all of a sudden, right? I just but am you, silly enough to follow him out of the yeah, boat you, like Pete. You got the mailbox open. I got the mailbox open. And there's been, it's been, it hasn't been easy because... Um, it is a journey, and it doesn't mean all of a sudden your life gets simple. It doesn't. But the fact of the matter, it's who's walking in you through it. The best part is is the moments of ecstasy oh. far outweigh the struggle. Yeah. Like, now I'm just on the journey back to like, hey, I want that again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we've seen some extremely crazy <laughs> times, right? <laughs> yeah. And they're not over. No, and, and and the wild thing for me is they've been happening in private now, mm -hmm. where before I used to have to be in a corporate environment for it to happen. Isn't that exciting? Yeah, because it means that he's not doing it because of something. He's doing it just out of love. Yeah, it's not ministry. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's it doesn't a, glorify him to show up in power when I'm alone. No, but it but it's what his heart's all about is that intimate place. Yeah. Right? Hey, Adam. Oh. Where are you? Woo, if you guys are out there tonight, comment, let us know how you're doing, share the broadcast. Yeah, like, do we Let's have anybody hi. on here yet? We got uh, some people on. Oh, good. <laughs> but honestly, guys, it's so uh, great when you guys are interactive with us, and yeah. we appreciate it a lot. And, uh, yeah, we just kind of dove in mm. there. But I want to get to what God's been showing you this week for tonight because yeah. – I can feel there's like a vibration happening in my stomach now <laughs> where I can sense that there's something that's going to bring change. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, just prepare yourselves. Be open. You know, one of the things that helped me as an intern mm. when I didn't understand a lot of what was going on when I got here because I came from Word of Faith and things were a little different here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I just remember I I made this statement. I said, God... I don't understand why they're doing this. And I said, but if it's you, I want all of you. That was your big mistake right there. <laughs> In a good way, of course. Oh, hey, you know, it's like, what do you do? You got, yeah. I can't just have um, what I can handle. I need more. Yeah. And that's that's where we're headed. So, 
tonight yeah. um mm. even if there's moments where it's hard to understand just god if it's you i want all of you yeah Woo. come on um yeah people don't really think that god's listening when they're talking <laughs> but he is <laughs> and he answers prayer yeah yeah not just the ones where we're begging uh, yeah no those ones he doesn't send nah. answer. <laughs> No, those are the orphan ones. <laughs> but the ones where it concerns you coming into sonship, he's Come all on. over it. Right? So, uh, yeah, there. That's Ooh. so nice, isn't it? Thank you, yeah. Dad. We just thank you for your presence right now, Father. Your presence is you in the present, <sighs> in us. And we just drink deep of your wonderful, wonderful presence and that river of uh, life that springs up inside of us. God, we wow. just, uh, hmm, hmm, hmm. We thank you for the glory in the deeper places, Father. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> could have zoned away uh -oh. there for a moment right <laughs> he got so mm. thick i was like mm -hmm. <laughs> you mm. know Woo. yeah so we're gonna have some fun tonight i always say that but i'm serious <laughs> i'm always serious but he always does this thing and yeah so i'm gonna start he gave me this place to start tonight where i've spoke about in the past but not just in a simple scriptural way and that is if you want to uh hear a podcast or see it i guess a podcast on youtube called the new jerusalem and it will kind of break this stuff down for you but a lot of people have a real issue with this so i don't know why he did this but he he reminded me this morning as i was waking up uh to add this at the beginning so this is like the preface of where we're going um and it will uh give you a really good scriptural base of a truth that is not taught in the west as a whole we are taught something else which has no biblical base whatsoever it's not even scriptural okay it's just some hallucination in a logic mind okay coming from a carnal place so i want to i want to show you through scripture he laid this in scripture so that you would see scripturally the truth about something then we can go into the aramaic and and cross-reference in the bible like some things to help you see um some truth of where we are and why we need a reformation why Reformation is actually going on. Okay, so let's let's jump in here for a second. So Hebrews 11.10 says, For he, which is talking about Abraham, was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and maker is God. So Abraham's looking forward. He knows it's coming to a city, and it has foundations, whose architect, the actual architect of the building and the maker of it, is God. Psalm 27, 1, David goes, Unless Adonai builds the house, 
the builders labor in vain. Unless Adonai watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. So they're telling us, again, there's this building, this house, this city, which Adonai is building. And if he's not building it, they labor in vain. Ephesians 2.20, Paul goes, Being built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. They're explaining this building, this city. Now we know that the foundation of the city is the apostles and the prophets. In Corinthians, he tells us, according to the grace of God, which was given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and what is he? He's one of the apostles. And another builds on top of it, but let each consider carefully how he builds on it. Now, you see what's going on here is there's a city being built and the foundations of the city, and it's being built here. It's not being built in the sky with the sky god. Okay? We'll get to this. He's laying the foundations. It's the apostles and the prophets. It's revelation that they're bringing. And then Revelation 21, 14, when you skip ahead, it says, And the wall of the city had 12 foundation stones. And on them were the 12 names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. So now Revelation 21 is telling us that this city, the foundation stones, which Paul told us about, are the 12 apostles. Then 1 Peter breaks in the reality. And you, yourselves, you are living stones built up. What? As a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So he's telling us we're part of that city. We are the living stones being built upon the truth, the revelations of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus being the cornerstone that holds the whole building together. This is the new Jerusalem, the city of God. It's here right now in the midst of you, still being built. But we're able to go in and out of that city. It's not in the sky coming. That is a lie. Now, I will show you why, as we go through this, why that's a complete sham, right? Based on the wisdom of carnality, right? So, can you see in those scriptures how there's a city that Abraham's looking for, Adonai's building, foundations, apostles, and the prophets. Paul tells you about it, and Peter breaks it open. You're living stones being built one upon another to be this city. Where? That God dwells in. It's all uh, spiritual language to bring us into a revelation. I love this. This is powerful if you can catch this. Long before the first line of Scripture was penned on papyrus scroll, the Word, unwritten, existed as the mind of God. That's why we call it the mind of Christ. 
So the mind, the will of God is the word of God is a living and alive, and it's not written on paper. He can speak through the paper, but it's not the paper. You got to understand this is something far greater. It's alive and living. So before the books were gathered, collated as sacred text, the word, intangible, invisible, was planning and ordering the ages that were to come. Come on. Now, what are the ages? They were age during, uh, present age, and the age to come. These are laid out periods God was establishing and unveiling. The Word predates the Bible. The Word predates creation. The Word is alive and active, and He's still speaking today. This is the Word. This is Yeshua, the Word made flesh, dwelt among us. He's living and alive, and He's not contained and pushed into uh, ink and paper. We have to see this. Does he use it? Yes. It's a beautiful book. Yes. But you can only understand it by the living word. Yeah. Right? Remember he said, you guys think you, you can search the scripture or the, the scrolls. Thinking in them you'll find life. And he's saying, dude, you don't get it. I'm life. They point to me. You got to come to me, not them. So all they are is a road sign. The scripture is really a road sign pointing you where to get it. If you think you got it in the road sign, you lost it. You don't even know what he's talking about. That's why arrived he's yet. Yeah, he's a he's offending our our legalistic mind to reveal a truth. And if we're willing to walk with him, he'll show us this stuff. Come on. And the thing I found is I've walked in this once you see you cannot unsee once he unpacks it for you and you get it you see everything around that's as the delusion and you understand to realize with real eyes means to become aware with eyes of the spirit to realize the eyes of the spirit so he is the living word he's always existed and always will exist and he's the one, the Zoe life, incorruptible, indestructible life. He's not death. He is life. And that's why he came. And he wants to reveal something to us so that we can begin this journey into life. Come on. Right? So John 6, 63 in the uh, Tree of Life version says, It is the Spirit who gives life, the flesh, and it's not talking your body. It's talking carnality, it's talking your logical mind, is of no benefit. The words I've spoken to you, Jesus said, are spirit and our life. So there's something great to get here that he wants to, to uh, give us that the mystics of old, the desert fathers, the early Come on. Jews and rabbis and Christians before Constantine knew about these things but something's happened and we're gonna we're gonna unpack that a little <laughs> so in ancient times the phrase the Word of God did not actually refer to the written word 
Most people at that time that it was written down couldn't even read, much less afford a stack of expensive handwritten scrolls of Scripture. To this day, when a synagogue buys a professionally hand-copied Torah, it can cost around 25000 American. There were no shepherds, farmers, or fishermen who could afford to own such things. Our ability to have God's Word is an incredibly fantastic blessing. It really is. I love it. But I love something even more. I love him, the author of it, who then comes to me and begins to tell me what it really means. He, he wrote the book. Good thing to listen to him. Eh? Might be. So the best English translation of the Word of God might be the absolute truth. The absolute truth. Remember we talked a while ago, there's truth and true. Truth is absolute truth, God. And then true is my experience in the moment that tells me this is true. But it may not be truth. It's just true for me in that moment. But it changes. Yeah. The truth that I, the true that I used to believe 20 years ago is no longer true to me. It's changed. Yeah. as I've grown up. So, the Word of God, I love this, creates upheaval. Even a small spark of God's truth in your heart shines with a light that exposes all of your bad habits and false beliefs. The truth shows those habits and beliefs for what they really are. That's what I mean. It exposes, comes against the things that are holding us back from accessing the very heart of God the Father. He wants us in intimacy, once again, in Eden yeah. with Him. But the only way He's got to deal with all these false beliefs and all this stuff all around us that we cling to for security instead of Him. That's a really big one especially letting go of our security in what we believe and transferring it into whom we believe, Jesus. A really cool example of that would be like swimming, right? When I was a kid, at some point it was true that I could not swim. Mm. But the truth was that I could because I would. Yeah. But I was experiencing something in the moment that wasn't true, but it wasn't the truth. It wasn't the ultimate truth. In my mind, it was where I was limited to. Yeah. And so what happens is with God, it's like we come into a place where we believe all these things about him, but it might not be him. It's just what we've believed. Yeah. And that's why we have to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us into deeper places. Because even First John, when it says the word, yeah, the Lord stopped me one time there and said, what's a word? Well, it's communication. Yeah. And so Christ was God's communication to us and who lives and dwells in us. Mm -hmm. So where's the communication of God? It's within. It's not found on a page. It's found in your heart. And yeah. it might come off a page, but that doesn't mean that it didn't come from your heart. No. Yeah, exactly. That's a really good picture of it because it is a progressive light. It is uh, going from darkness to light. Yeah, and, and not even having to strive or struggle, but knowing that mm -hmm. he is who he says he is. 
I remember there was a time when the presence of God was something I had to like work for. Yeah. I had to pray enough. I had to get ready. I had to sit get that aside. anointing. You know, yeah. set my time aside to be with the Lord. Yeah. And all these things to earn mm-hmm. my passageway into the wizard's wardrobe. Yes. And then now it's like just a thought and his love overcomes me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, so much good, better, isn't it? So much better than having to try. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not that the thing that, that we don't understand is Jesus himself said to us. He goes, I'm going to send you the spirit of truth. Yes. For he will lead you. He Into. didn't say, I'm going to send you a bunch of ancient writings, and I'm going to put them together, and that's what you're to lead on. No, he said, I'm going to send you the spirit of truth, and he is going to guard your path. He is going to lead your way. He is going to perfect you. He is going to bring you into all. All truth, yeah. Yeah. Or absolute truth. Absolute truth. So we will know <laughs> as we've been known, right? So revelation or light from a candlestick, blood, the DNA, the living word Christ, from darkness to the light, to set free, it's all the same thing, right? It's the work of God, That what we read about in a moment ago, about this, this light that pierces us, in our hearts, Come on. and it, you're changed in a moment when this happens. So the thing is, we all love our theology. It's taught us a lot, and it keeps the logical mind focused on God. But you may reach a point in your path with Christ where all logical theology feels a little confusing compared to the Spirit. Come on. The mind makes God a mystery instead of a reality. This confusion will drive you to be in the Spirit at all times. You see, that's where we want to go, Brother Lawrence, to live and move and have our being in Him, never leaving, always existing there. That's the goal. Come on. So in Matthew 18, 3, it says, Could this be... Why Jesus says, should we become, we should become like little children to enter the kingdom of heaven. How much theology does a little child have? Zero. See, it's not that theology is bad unless it's wrong, you know, but then you got to be willing. I love what the, the, um, the rabbis did. They'd get together and they'd share, they'd like, revelate together and share what they've seen in the Word, and they were trying to get to a greater understanding of God. They didn't come there trying to prove they were right, and the other guy says, I'm proving I'm right, or that, and then they walk away divided. They didn't walk away not friends. They were still brothers and loved one another because they knew the purpose was to walk in the light. The purpose wasn't to be right, because none of us are in a place of saying, I'm right, if you do, you're already wrong. That's ego. Yeah, it's pride. It's pride. Now, John has a vision of God. The infinite God cannot be fully understood by the logical mind. It cannot. Our spirit can feel it, but can't explain it in words. How many times have you heard that? 
I had this experience. I, I, I'm having a hard time putting it into English words to give you an understanding. It's like when I'm standing in the liquid love and I'm trying to explain to people, how do I explain people? And, and my friends were drug addicts at the time. I'd say, well, you know, it's like when you're really high. But I felt like I had 50 hits of acid. And they're looking at me like, what? <laughs> you know, because they could relate to being high. Woo. But the next thing, I, I, the only thing I could do was explain being a baby in its mother's arms remember at the mother's breast where i'm completely helpless and yet completely comforted and secure in him Come on. I, and again what am i doing i'm painting a picture of something that i don't have words for but i experienced yeah. so you see in my spirit i know it it's still living alive into me today mm. but trying to articulate it to somebody they listen to the information and they go away and go Wow, that was a, a cool testimony. But they don't realize I'm talking about Father of all of creation wanting to bring every one of us into that. I'm a testimony Come on. of Christ. That's what that was. But I can only give you the way it's I'm broken down into my logical mind from my spirit, which is extremely difficult to do. And that's what he's saying. What we do instead <clears throat> is dance logical circles around the central idea of God by explaining his attributes. You will see this in abundance in John's vision. Remember that all of these attributes come from the same God, but all at once. Our minds just can't comprehend it. Now, the Aramaic word translated as meek also has the meaning of being flexible or pliable. Meek people are not stiff and dogmatic. Jesus was not the only teacher of parables. Using parables was a common teaching method in the Middle East. Come on. A parable is a story that hides its meaning so that you have to figure it out yourself. Mm. And that's why the, the mind just can't just get there right yeah one jesus spoke in parables because everybody was in different places mm -hmm. and so he was able to lift people up who were just starting to look he was able to give meat to those who were hungry and then able to give hope for a future of going somewhere else right like i know for a fact that that it's so could we call it progressive light exactly and it's unending yeah because you know, even in Genesis, it says God created the heavens and the earth. Yeah. So even heaven is just a step to another place. Yes. And maybe not place as a physical place, mm. but an awareness. Yes. That God is God is more than just held in the box of my belief system of, oh, heavens like Chicago, 12 miles up in the sky. Right. And we're, we're going to kind of break into some of this tonight because... Um, we want to move towards that place called truth. Yeah. And so we're going to look at some of these things. There's this guy, his name's Vincent Justino Dizio. Uh, I can't really pronounce it, right? He goes, he studied uh, the Aramaic, because Aramaic's a language, but it's not a language like English in the West. It's pictures. They always did it. So he goes, for the Middle Easterners who first heard the Revelation of John, which is the book of Revelations, 
all those complex visions and specific had specific meanings and they would have clearly understood them come on we don't we write books about it we call the end of the world but we have no clue what it's really all about because it's aramaic it's pictures so pictures create an impression you can forget a sermon in an hour but an image like a lamb with seven horns and seven eyes is unforgettable you tell somebody that they go away and it's imprinted in their minds do you see this for people who couldn't read these images would last longer than words ever could come on consider also the Jewish concept of midrash they have this thing called midrash meaning search search out a meaning search out the truth midrash so when when Constantine converted to Christianity he decided that it would be the official religion of Rome mm. now one of the things he did is any groups um, that didn't believe the way they did they just went in and killed them a good Christian thing to do eh? just go in and kill them okay this would be a, a dramatic change in Rome for a country that had freedom of religion they had freedom of religion just prior to this so then he brought about the Council of Nice, Nice, Nicaea, Nicaea, yeah. Nicaea uh, and they convened to decide what the church would be like. To the Jews and early Christians, God was everywhere. The Aramaic word for God that Jesus would have used was Alhala. It means unity and implies unity without boundaries. When Jesus says God is spirit, the word he used in the context means God is universal, again, everywhere. He is not saying that God is separate from the physical world. He is not. We think he is, he's not. He's everywhere. So the, the pagan Greeks and Romans, pagan, right, believed that the gods were up in the sky and we were down here. In order to make Christianity something they wouldn't rebel against, they had to mingle the philosophy along with lots of other pagan concepts and feast days into the early church, which you have in the West today. This is what's going on. And God wants to expose pagan Christianity, pagan Greek and Roman paganism, and the sky god is pagan. It's not truth. Truth is right there. What Jesus Christ himself says, God is everywhere, omnipresent. It's paganism to believe in the, the first, second, and third, the way we've been taught, and it's up in the sky. It's paganism. Now look at what in Aramaic these terms mean for the book of Revelations. The dragon is resistance to total love. It's a picture. It's not a big dragon coming out of, this, out of the ocean, and it's not Satan. It's resistance to unconditional love, total love. The beast is materialism, personal and political. And the false prophet is religious beliefs that support the first two. Good. they support it that that whole belief system that's the false prophet 
spirituality, spiritually, this beast may be surface thinking. Even when religious thinking that is still distracting you from constantly walking with God. So now let me, let me show you what he said here. I used to have this thing where I didn't, I didn't, I don't know where I got it, but it was kind of like, it was a belief, but I didn't know where it come from until finally God kind of showed me one day. This is many years ago, where it was like, well, okay, I'm praying, I'm spiritual. I'm brushing my teeth, I'm non-spiritual. You see what I'm saying? I'm, 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 I'm reading my Bible, I'm spiritual. I'm sleeping or I'm going out to eat, I'm not spiritual. And then God said, but if you're a spirit, how can you do something that's not spiritual? And he helped me with that. But he's showing that this picture where it says the buying and selling in the scripture adds a new angle. You can be very connected with God as you sit and pray, but eventually you have to get up and go to workshop, food, fill out tax forms, otherwise engage in the distra- uh, distractions sorry, of physical life. You may now recognize these things as parts of yourself that are enslaved. Mm. Worshiping things other than God. If you now realize this, you're in a good position to work on it. Eventually, you will be able to be in the Spirit at all times. Come on. It's, it's that thing he showed me. It's, I was in this process. Is I go out and I, I do my worldly things, and then I do my spiritual things. And that is what he was talking about in, in that picture, is that I needed to understand I was a spirit, and I was always spiritual, and I am always have Christ. He goes wherever I go. Come on. Right? I'm one in him. I can't get away from him, but I had to understand these things in order to grow and go further. The number six is a symbol of incompleteness. Mm. If, if it is one short of seven, and therefore it misses the mark, which is called error. In the scripture, and that's what the Jewish uh, called uh, sin, error, misses the mark. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and rely not on your own wisdom. This is where it's hard for us. Yes. Because we want a simple construct that I can follow. I don't understand... um, you know, having to walk intimately and deal with it, right? Well, I feel like even Nicodemus went through that when he met Jesus. Yeah. He was expecting Jesus to basically go over the teachings that he had been teaching and that others had been teaching. And Christ is like, dude, if you don't even understand earthly things, yes, how can I reveal to you the Spirit? But then he tries, because God always loves us and wants to bring us higher. Yeah. But the one thing I really liked about that encounter mm. was... God, Jesus showed us a couple things there. Number one, Nicodemus didn't want to be seen with Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) But Jesus still met with him. That's wild. Yeah. Number two, Nicodemus asked for what? Revelation, which pleased Jesus. That's why he still shared with him, even though he knew he wouldn't understand. Right. There was a pleasure happening. God loves to reveal light. Absolutely. And so that's that's what I would encourage you if you're here and you're and you're hearing things that maybe aren't even getting in. I think they are. I think they're sinking in. But even if you don't understand what's going on, 
have a heart after revelation, have a heart that desires truth and light, and God will have pleasure even in the moments where you don't understand. Because what we don't really get is, remember, the Word of God is the mind of God. And it'll be formed in us. And the light is Christ. He is the light of the world. Come on. So then what is truth Woo. and revelation? It's Christ. So yeah. you want to you wanna know Jesus? You're going to have to walk in the light as he's in the light. And then you get to the place of First John where, as you've been fully convinced, and love go. has been made fully expressed in you. Yeah. You realize that you are him and he is you. You're one with him. Yeah. Yeah, it's deep. So this one will get you. I love this. <laughs> Many ancient Jews believed in reincarnation, but hold on. It was different than what comes from the philosophy of Buddhists and Hindus. It's not the same thing. The actual person never returned, but some of his ways of speaking and acting might live on in another person. So what you're seeing is what happened with Constantine is still reincarnating oh, yeah. into the Western mind. Because it was one of the things they did that was brilliant was they didn't just teach it. Right. They built it. They showed it. Yeah, the whole... They There was the the, the uh, Pope or whatever, the bishops, whoever was preaching, used to literally stand on pulpits that were like 10, 15 feet above your head. Yeah. Why? Because they were trying to show you this man's closer to God than you. They wanted to build separation between laity and the men of God. Exactly. And one of the things in this Reformation the Lord told me that was going to change, he said, when the pew and the pulpit become the same. Yeah. When it's when we gather together and God speaks through his body. Now, there might be those who have more revelation in an area. Well, there's gifts of teaching. Yeah. And there's we gifts of prophecy. And we shouldn't be upset about that. We should lean, glean, and, and receive from that. Stand under, right, until mm -hmm. you get it. Yeah. Uh, if you don't understand, stand under, right? Yeah, Brian. Yeah. So I think that, but the wild thing is, is he's trying to wake us up. Like even this year, um, I was looking online uh, early uh, January, mm -hmm. and I've seen all these words for the year, and the Lord rocked me. He goes, "Do you really think you could handle understanding that which I'm going to do?" Mm for the entire earth and body of Christ for the next year? Mm -hmm. No. Every aspect of you're going to tell the, the church my plan for the year. And I said, what do you want me to do? He goes, go for the inward voice. Yes. That's that's truly what the church, we, we need Elijah, to return to the inward voice. Which is really what this is all about. Intimacy. Christ within. Come on. Right? Zoe life within. Woo. So a Christian with unresolved anger issues will search the Old Testament laws for people he thinks he's supposed to hate. You see it? This is how we got where we are. Issues unresolved in people's lives, and then they create doctrine <laughs> after it, right? That's deep. <laughs> so this is, sounds a little crazy, but... Um, Perception in a form is a controlled hallucination. Mm. What we call reality is what we agree about the hallucinations. 
So if a large number of people believe in an illusion, the sky god, yeah, and they believe in these things, that's called a uh, a reality mm. of uh, an hallucination. It's not true. No, yeah, I get that. That's why God has to take us wow. into His reality mm. to hit the perception of truth, not live in the illusion. So this is interesting. Ara Aramaic-speaking Christians in places like Iran, Iraq, Syria, and Lebanon have always been severely isolated from the rest of the world. The New Testament's always been translated from Greek because no one in the West knew there was an Aramaic version. These Aramaic-speaking Christians led lives of farming, shepherding, unchanged from biblical times they weren't affected by the greek romans thing these people were finally discovered by the west after world war one and this guy he goes his name is uh dr george lamasa noticed the king james version of the missionaries was different from what he was used to it wasn't the same book as the Aramaic version, which was from biblical times. Jesus spoke Aramaic, right? He's an Aramaic. And so we need to understand there are over 900 idioms in the Bible. 900. That means they don't mean what they're saying. Aramaic is an amazing language that uses imagery to reveal to your right side of the brain the truth and the left side of logic will eventually understand it the natural mind cannot understand the things of the spirit for they are spiritually discerned remember mm, yep. consider this your brains divided in two halves one half understands only logic this is the half you use for balancing your checkbook driving the car and in the West, a lot of our Christianity, the way we understand it. The other half only understands and speaks in dreamlike imagery, visions, flashes of intuition, or that illuminating light called the Word of God. It doesn't understand logic at all. This could be the reason why we can understand the things of God and, and want to do them, but can't yes um you got this war going on between the two um what happens eventually is the, the logic receives the revelation but we got to be that childlike to walk with god to get it right come on to understand this the way god speaks and we all know god speaks this way think about your dreams what does he do he speaks in pictures always in pictures and they never mean what you think they do i love that literal stuff is not the way it is Come on. psalm forty six ten. be still and know that i am god powerful scripture because in that moment it means there's a flash of that illumination then it fades and you return to carnality to doing your thing Come the on. flash of illumination are you ready is the Christ in you trying to surface it's not coming from outside 
It's coming from within. Hang on to the Word of God, and these flashes of illumination will get more frequent. You may reach a point someday where you spend great periods of time in this state, and we know that's our goal, right? Is to live and move and have our being in Him. It's the best place to be. Yeah. Why would we leave? Why, Brother Lawrence knew when he did. That means he was in there all the time, and then when he'd step out, he'd go, where'd you go? And he'd, he'd come back in. That's wild, eh? Being aware of the kingdom of God, being aware of heaven on earth, here and now, as it gets unveiled to us. That's wild. Yeah. I think, too, like the, the, one of the things that God has always done for me is put things on the shelf yeah. to be unveiled later. Yeah, that's really good. And not being in a rush to um, come up with my own uh, revelation for necessarily everything. A lot of the time I'll bring stuff to you, I'll bring stuff to people I trust and say, hey, what do you think about this? Yeah. And then we can kind of look around and see what God says, right? Exactly. And it's and because sometimes our our hurt or filters, we don't see them. Right. Like when I was an intern, I had a dream where like this very influential person of the church had a microphone, they were going to give it to me, and then they didn't. They pulled back, and I woke up like, oh, they're trying to take my voice. They're trying to blah, blah, yeah. blah. And I talked to you, and you're like, no, nope, that was Jesus saying you're not ready to speak yet. Just not time yet. Yeah. And it and it was wild because, like, I realized in that moment my ambition wouldn't let me hear what the dream was. Mm. That I needed other people. And that's really why community is so important because there's a vo there's, like, counsel in the voice of many. A voice of few. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not many, a few so, close friends. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, here's an example of what you're talking about. Yeah. There's a term in the Bible, a little picture, a story, mm. of the prophet who eats the scroll. Remember, it tastes like honey on his lips? Yeah. But then in his stomach, it says that it, it felt bitter. Oh. Right? It's like he had a stomachache. Okay. So we read this, and what does it mean? It is. Don't eat paper with an, honey on it. There you go. It's, a, it's an idiom. It's a picture. Okay. To this day. So what does it mean? To this day, in Aramaic-speaking people, they say this term, right? And I'll, let me explain it first, and then I'll tell you. Come on. To eat the, the, the scroll is to eat the revelation that Christ gives you. Take it into you. And when you receive it, it'll be like honey on your lips. It's amazing, right, when we get blasted with the truth and it comes to you. But then, with, when it's in you, it becomes, uh, it's a secret. Mm, like a seed. That you have to hold until there's a place you can share it, bring it out, right? So to this day, an Aramaic person would say, I have a stomach ache. <laughs> and the other person would know, oh, he's got a secret. Yeah. They know this right away. You say, I got wow. a stomach ache, they go, oh, he's holding a secret. <laughs> See, we don't know anything about this stuff. Well, and that's just that's exactly like if if this podcast gets listened to a hundred years from now, and I say, "Hey, man, it was snowing cats and dogs out there." Yeah, there's going to be some very confused people. Very confused people. <laughs> it used to snow cats and dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a couple. Here, the word "angel" in Aramaic 
is best translated as God's thought and refers to any way this thought comes to us. The seven angels of the seven churches refers to the leaders of those churches. They would reveal God's thoughts to the church. Someone in prayer who changes his mind about something and becomes more in line with God's will, what God has said, would be said to have been spoken to by an angel, and God's thought had come to him. That's Aramaic pictures. Okay? When an Aramaic speaker sees evil happening, you know what he says? Satan is loose. It's just a term. When all is well, he says Satan is bound. Hear this error that keeps you from God while not while not destroyed is under control within wow. you. It's within you. He's thrown into a bottomless pit for a thousand years, which means a long time, but will be freed from it for a short time. It means that thing that's keeping you back from God is bound, but then will be loosed again for you to be free from it. That's what that whole picture is about. Come on. So in the Old Testament, it says that no one can see God's face and live. Remember that one? Yes. So we, we teach that. We preach that everywhere here. You yeah, can't see God, terrified. you will die, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Don't come, Lord, please. This is, once again, imagery from Middle Eastern. It's a king's throne room. When you presented yourself to a king, you were on your hands and knees with your face on the ground. To look at the king was immediate death sentence. The spiritual message is total humility before God. Here the throne of God is so powerful that heaven and earth try to hide, but can't find a hiding place. Mm. It's about us being hum humble before God. Yeah. It's not about not seeing his face. Next is the second resurrection, where all those who went in the first resurrection are judged mm. according to their works. Death and hell are thrown into the lake of fire along with those not found in the book of life. Now that error doesn't exist in you. None of its effects can exist in you either. They're judged and balanced. All those parts of you that are not focused on God fall away and don't exist anymore. You realize that you will never actually die. That's wild. That is where those things are being removed into the lake of fire. Mm. So the fire is two different things, as we realize. One, it's the all-consuming fire of the love of God yeah. coming against error within us. And it's also that whole thing of uh, a refiner's fire, right? A fuller's soap, which is, again, cleansing us from the same thing those things that need to be thrown into and death is one of those things because it's not God's idea right so in the um, in the Russian Orthodox Church there's a belief about the afterlife that's based on the original Greek New Testament and Jewish beliefs to them heaven and hell are not places but states of being now, this carries weight 
with the Orthodox Church and the original Jewish beliefs. When you die, you will be in the presence of God. If you're holding on to sinful ways, those ways will create suffering in God's presence for you. Not he's not judging you. Yeah. Right? If you're free of these things because they've been consumed and you're forgiven, then you'll walk around in God's fire unharmed, that all-consuming love. Like the man that was with the king of Babylon and threw into the furnace in the book of Daniel. Mm. Same picture. Again, once we begin to understand this Aramaic language is pictures and the pictures have meaning but they don't mean literally what they say that's why we have this whole thing of the end of the world there's this book called this guy from the 1400s an english monk wrote it's called the cloud of unknowing the monk believed that thoughts about god are not god and could even be considered idolatry the method here is to say a word like God or love and then surrender to the silence. In other words, don't fill your, your thoughts in. Whenever you find yourself thinking, repeat the word and surrender again. Remember, he's an, a, a monk, an English monk. Sometimes, he says, you end up in a deep silence. Other times, your mind will drive you nuts with thoughts. But this is good as it gets you to exercise your surrender muscle and make it strong. The Christian surrender practice is now called centering prayer. It's what the mystics used, centering prayer. You don't go to God with all your great knowing nothing, but you come to him, it says, knowing nothing, unknowing. He called it the cloud of unknowing. And you, you get in that place where it's all about his presence and about him. And it's about, oh, God, or, or the love of God. And you're, you're meditating on the love of God. And you're allowing him to come to you and begin to speak to you. What am I going to tell him? Yeah. Right? That he doesn't know. Well, and that's, that's why even the glorification of the gifts makes no sense, because what are you going to do, prophesy over Jesus? Yeah, really, eh? So it's just about understanding the awesomeness of who this God is, mm. you know, and how he wants to bring Whoa. us into that place of intimacy in his heart, mm. in his heart. He had this guy he knew, he was a guru, and the guru predicted that the world would end in 1956. And this guy, this monk said, and for him it did. He died. (laughs) He goes, do you believe that the end of the world will happen in your lifetime? Then it will for you. What do you believe? You see, what is it we believe? What is it we're taught? The angel of death is coming to take you to heaven when heaven's in you? It's not up with the sky, God. Which is not truth. It's pagan. Wow. Revelation 21.1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. With all error gone, you see the world in an entirely new way. Your old way of seeing is no more. No more sea. Is a completely clear, are you ready? Subconscious mind. 
free of all the oppressive memories and emotions. A new heaven and a new earth is a common Middle Eastern phrase to denote a changing in thinking. Wow. You know what we've been told for how many years? Your whole life, right? Yeah, they're gonna. They're God's gonna roll gonna it up. Blow up and yes. Yeah, one's gonna blow no. Up. <laughs> no, it's a Middle Eastern phrase. So, is the scripture true, or we shouldn't be reading the Bible? Well, and you can't you can't look at Revelations twenty one as a whole and believe that it says that it's adorned as a bride. Well, who's the bride? We are exactly. It says that God would encamp an intent among men. Well, who's the tent of God? We are. Where are we? The We're temple. among men. Yeah. So this idea of the of of that saying God's going to destroy this thing like as if it's unperfect or something, but yet he looked at it and said it is good. Yes. So either he was schizophrenic or he does change, but it says he doesn't change. Right. So if he doesn't change, that means the first time he said it's good, he saw to the end and he he still called it good. Yeah. It's good. It's good. So once we we understand that um, that Aramaic is pictures, yes, and we begin to read that book in a whole new way. Now I've told you before. I mentioned I think last week that in the eighties, no, it would have been around nineteen seventy eight to be honest. I heard a trumpet at three in the morning. Yeah, yeah. It was extremely loud. I was in my sleep. I woke up. It's still blowing. I'm aware of it. I think I've missed the rapture, right? Because I've been <laughs> taught by Western. I believed all this stuff. And so I'm I'm all excited. You know, oh my gosh, I've missed the rapture. I'm going to hell, you know? And um, I didn't realize I personally was in the apocalypse in my life. That trumpet was blowing to tell me where I was in the book what was going on in my life because those things had to work out in my life it's the unveiling of Christ in me Paul says I'm laboring I'm laboring till Christ be formed in you so it's like to know myself to come into that place I see through a mirror dimly but then I will see face to face and who am I looking at in the mirror me and who am I seeing then I will know as I've been known God knows who I am it's me that doesn't know and so he wants to unveil this truth to me and bring me in to this uh, amazing revelation and 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 to live to live like um, if we see point zero five of the light spectrum what's actually here that we're not seeing if God says you're in darkness then what is here that we're not seeing that's wild eh so he's got this book he got it into our hands so that he can speak to us through imagery to the right side of your brain uh, ooh, that's good to unveil what's really happening here who he is who we are and wow. change the creation thy kingdom come thy will be done in this third dimension in earth that's us 
We're the ones that fell. Even as it is in the heavenly realm, which is the heavenly dimension, which we step in, like we are in right this second. Yeah, I can feel it. We are in a heavenly dimension. We are not in the third. You may think you are, but the very experience you're having right now, Mm. you feel this, right? And it can shift even more. You felt it sometimes where it goes incredibly like a stillness. That's another realm you're coming into. God brings you into these because ultimately we are to walk where he is. In my father's house are many Many. abodes, places where Christ exists, dimensions, right? I want to, he goes, I go away to prepare a place that where, where he is, you may be Also. also, but that's up to you. And how long it takes is up to you. That's the day of the Lord. That's the day of the Lord for you. The judgment of authenticating yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So, the people who follow the Lamb will never lack for the wisdom or the Spirit of God. If you can love as Jesus is asking you to love, you have the ultimate theology coming from within you. That's true theology. Jesus is true theology, and it's all about unconditional love for yourself and for your neighbor. Come on. Right? This is what he told us. But yet, we're all judgmental because we're still standing at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and we're dealing with law. So we're Jews. We're yeah. in Judaism is where we are. And well, then, we're still trading in their currency. We're still trading in the currency, yes. I was talking to someone last night, and they... And you've you've hit on this before, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I said to them, close your eyes. Now I've just given you a million dollars. How do you feel? And they were like relieved. Mm. And I said, okay. Now the goal is to feel that way now. Yeah. And then once you do, everything else will come. Because lack just disappeared, right? But it's the fact that we have fear of it that keeps it away from us. Yeah. Because God doesn't want to fortify the fear. He can't. It's a lie. It's good. Right? It's a lie. Like he showed you, right? Yeah. What's in the darkness? Nothing. Nothing. Darkness. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's Christ, complete love, kicks it out that doesn't exist. So where do we want to live? In perfect love. Yep. That's where we're supposed to be. And so this this journey or this progression of what we're going through is to actually bring us into the place of oneness with the Father and the Son, Mm. and to know, fully know. I have experienced from time to time (laughs) um, stepping into the heavenly realm of God's presence and God's awareness of God in everything. It just kind of consumes the atmosphere, and it changes everything for me in that moment. And I'm Woo! like, sometimes, and there's nothing really to say in those moments. <laughs> you just take it in because it's 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 ecstasy. It's um, well-being. It's again where I'm grappling for words. Yeah. It's it's home. It's, it's home. A, it's a state of being that that it's is heaven. Natural. Yeah, it's heaven. Remember uh, Sunder? Mm. He he had Jesus appeared to him. He has a key. 
He opened the inner chamber of his heart, Ooh. right? The key of love, he called it. Yep. See? It's pictures. And he said it opened, Come and he on. said uh, at that moment, God showed him so many things. Because, you see, we grapple from information, but when you wow. step into all-knowing, it comes to you so fast, it's like a machine gun, and you don't even know how to contain it all. It's all there. It's all there. Well, and it's like you'd almost want to, to, to know so that way you don't start doing things in vain. Right. Like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. We don't want to operate in vanity. Which was what things that glorify us, things that we build to to make us comfortable, feel better. That, yeah, and, even and the God we serve. I remember I was watching a documentary of a guy who helps tons of people, mm. and the Lord said to me, "He goes, he's selfish." Yeah, and I said, "How? He's helping all these people." He goes, "Yeah, but he's only doing it because it makes him feel better. Mm-hmm. He yes. feels better when he helps people. Therefore, he's not doing it for them. Now he might feel that once in a while." We don't know, but God obviously knows. But God knew something I didn't see. Yeah. To me, it all looked amazing, but to so, him, he's so, like, oh. So what's he doing then? He's always saying, look in the mirror, make sure you do these things. Mm. It's enough to live in me. Come and if on. you have no lack, you're no longer giving out of getting because you have no need. Well, and the, the wild thing is, is like, the Lord is my shepherd, right? I shall not want. Just because you can operate in discipline doesn't mean that you've become spiritual. No. And it doesn't even mean that you've overcome the thing you now have discipline over. No. Because if you still crave that which you deny yourself, it still owns you. So what did Jesus say about that? If you hate your brother, you might as well have murdered him. Yeah. He just put the ante up to show you this is all about the heart. It's all about the heart. The root of the action is the heart. Come on. Right? So I don't know how everybody's doing. Um, it's, I know I've um, shot a couple of cows. It's, <laughs> shot a couple yeah, of cows. Yeah. But what we want to do is, I'm not saying like, um, we've said this many times. I quote Justin Abraham, which I, I really appreciate what he says. He says, <clears throat> you are powerful enough to disagree. And that's what this is about. I'm not trying to get you to believe like me. I'm trying to get you to search. Yeah. Midrash, the Jewish Midrash, search a matter out. I am, and I find this guy who's done a lot of research on Aramaic, and it helps me in the Aramaic. It helps me begin to understand what God says to me in pictures so that I can begin to understand where I am and what's going on as I climb this ladder yes. into heaven. And really what you're doing is you're articulating, like there was a second there where I was seeing something, mm-hmm. and then I, I started to think about God shows you things, yeah. and then you articulate them <clears throat> to the best you can. To the best of my ability. And then I hear it, I see something, yeah. and God has to then decode it because I'm probably not seeing what you saw. Yeah, exactly. That's that's communication on the planet, right? That's why we have divisions. <laughs> but the the great the great um, connector. Yeah. Like there was three or four times tonight where instantly I was like, like boom. Yeah. There was other times where I'm overcoming my flesh. Been working hard. I'm overcoming my flesh to pay attention. Right. 
what it doesn't matter that I'm struggling in a moment. What matters is that I'm connecting to it, and also God's bringing back now things that I didn't even like necessarily grasp the first time you said it, but it was on the Rolodex. Yes. Right. Like I was able to go right back to that thing that you had talked about with the uh, when the seed was planted, right? Exactly, right. And it's on mm -hmm. the Rolodex, so you know we really want to to pay attention to the spirit of God's voice inside of us, each one of us, right now. Like especially mm. even in this moment, as because mm. I know there's like I I just saw the Lord flip like a chapter, like you're gonna go in a a direction here, and and I feel like allow God to flip the Rolodex to give you almost like a foundation to stand on in your heart. Mm. That was one of the greatest gifts I ever had was being around people who quoted scripture constantly. Cause even though I didn't understand the scriptures, yeah, I had these little steps of truth to stand on that carried me for years. Yeah. It's if we're climbing a mountain like Moses, that's exactly it where you are. It wasn't a bridge. It was like tiny no, but steps. you're on these little <laughs> yeah. on the edge of the mountain, right? Like I feel like now we're laying bridge bridge work. There's yes. like a road you yes. can clearly see. This is what God is saying. We're, Back then, I just had these little yeah glimpse of hope where it was like, well, He's love. Yeah. What does that mean? You know, and I had no clue. For he doesn't the change. Time. Yeah. So that means it isn't based on what we do. Well, and and. <laughs> And and then mm. Jesus's perfect theology, yes, and that that throws a wrench in the whole thing <laughs> if you start doing math. Yep. And then you have to really understand that this is all about uncovering the person of God, because if you uncover the person of God, it is the key to the Scripture, mm -hmm. because all religion does is try to hide the person of God. It tries to distract you from it. So, because so it stuck him in the sky. Exactly, as far away from. Remember, you as we possible. talked to you back, and I think. The first manual, I think it's in the first manual, oh. distance and delay. That's, I didn't know at the time, yeah. but that is the pagan religion. Yeah. You see it? Distance and delay, which is a complete lie. Christ died 2,000 years ago. In fact, uh, Enoch, Abraham, David, they all entered before Calvary because it was already done beforehand. And the yeah. mere translation says... Um, that Adam was found in Christ before he fell. Ooh, you feel that? Yeah. Come before on. he fell. So it's like, why did Jesus come? Mm. What did Jesus do? Why did, what is he doing? So it's, it's, we have to understand something. Sin is error. What we call sin is the fruit of the error, mm. right? Or separation from God. Yeah. And so then, if there's this separation, paganism created more separation by creating a theology yeah. to keep us separate. Said the angel of death's going to come and take you to the sky, God. One day. Do you see it all? It's like, this isn't even biblical, man. No, because if if it's through death that I gain access to heaven, Christ need not come. Yeah, why did he come? I need to die. Yeah. And what's he say? The final enemy? Oh, that's an enemy of God. Holy smokes. Yeah. I'm letting the enemy of God come to usher me? No, I'm not. And, and the thing that we don't understand is, like, especially, I was watching this uh, <laughs> this mm. comedy show. It's uh, like a Viking show, but it's a comedy Viking show. Mm. And uh, they're like, uh, the people are out, like, uh, on a raid. So the people back home are like, well, we hope they return soon, so... 
for their safety, we should probably sacrifice some slaves. <laughs> and the slaves are like, what? <laughs> you know, like, and then, like, so she, like, sacrifices two slaves. And the third one's like, don't you think two might have been enough? <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> I think the quota's up. Right? And yeah. so they put his head on the block, and all of a sudden someone yells, they're back. And he's like, I think we should write down two's a good number. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, and it's like, but it shows how, how when you live, oh, my gosh, when you live under sacrifice. Yes. You're guessing. I lived there. We guessed. We said, you know, I'll I'll stand on this scripture because it jumped out at me. Yeah, uh, we're just looking for omens at that point. Really, we're looking for signs and what, that confirm goodness. And what is that a picture of? An orphan spirit. Yeah, which is a son that's separated, and 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 that's what the whole prodigal story is about. The prodigal son is all of humanity coming home yeah well and even like people don't get it it's like the bible says he knows my request mm -hmm. so why would i waste my time giving him my request he knows my request he knows my before needs before i ask i will answer before they ask i will answer them and when i stood in the bathroom it's like the answers were coming Whoa. so fast i couldn't even ask the questions mm. just boom 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 See, like, there was a shift literally like 10 minutes ago, <laughs> like a complete shift. Mm -hmm. And I think that what's happening now is if we if we could only see, like, what, I, what I'm seeing mm -hmm. is almost like uh, the, the, the seed shell cracking. We need to allow revelation to crack open. Yeah. A, a good wine needs to breathe. Oh, yes. And we need to, like, you guys need to ponder upon these things meditate upon these things why because it's in the meditating it's letting the wine breathe more comes more comes more comes yes. point of origin took days for me to unfold it wasn't just an, like it hit me instantly but then i meditated upon what he showed me do you remember that book um by norman grubb called um god unlimited yes <laughs> the letters at the back yes the woman mm took a decade or so you'd see her writing him and she'd go i don't get it what are you talking about such and such and then a little while later he'd get a letter he put those in there because it helped us understand something a little letter later the letter comes and she goes oh my gosh i see it now Whoa. and you'd see that more and more with her until finally towards the end of it she started to see this thing and and the thing is that that we don't understand yet i know this is true is it does matter oh it matters people are like well what does it matter if the new jerusalem's here are coming because if you're living in a state waiting for something to come you'll never receive that which is already yours right there's a there's an inheritance for us to actually live as the resurrected christ yes the body of the resurrected christ on the earth mm -hmm. for all men to see in the spirit of love that brings people to repentance brings people to a mind change sets them free for their way of thinking there's there's an opportunity to lift jesus up that all men would be drawn unto him now how do we do that well it's not through singing songs about him because we've been doing that forever and nobody's coming mm. So how do we do it? We lift Jesus up. 
from the inside Side. out. Yes. And this inward transformation stuff has just been rocking me because it's like everything for me my whole life was external. Yeah. The anointing, the gifting, the get this guy to lay hands on you, that guy to prophesy over you. Right. And then, like, things happen. But now it's like I would rather things not happen and know the Father than go back to where I was. Yeah. It's just a maturing. Those things were important in the time because it's part of the growth. And I believe we'll see the fullness of them one day. It's like Paul said, you know, um, when I was a child, I operated as a child, but then I put childish things away because he started to mature in understanding of what this is really about. There's another whole aspect of what you were just talking about. I was talking about the other night to you. Yes. It's got to do with quantum. Quantum... (laughs) Uh, entanglement and it's a nice little story a true story where what they did is they took these certain food and they put it on the beach for monkeys and so then the monkeys would go to pick the food up on the beach to eat it now they'd eat it because they really liked it but they were a bit ticked off because it was covered with sand and so they were trying to wipe it off with their hands and then one of the monkeys had this brilliant idea to take it down to the water and so he took it to the water and he washed it off. Come on. And now there was no sand on it and he ate it. So the other monkeys that were around him, they seen it and they went, oh my gosh, right? And they started going down, follow the leader, and started washing the fruit. And now they're all washing the fruit. Now here's where the big part comes. In another part of the world where those monkeys were not around at all, they started going down and washing the fruit in the water and eating it. It was like transferred. Yes. So if enough of us live from the inside out and let the love of God be shed abroad in our hearts, it will start to spread quantumly because we're all one body in the whole earth. And then at that point, people will put down their weapons and beat them into... Uh, it says like plows and different things, right? Do you remember that dream I had a while ago with the armies? Mm. Remember, I saw four armies and they were all fighting each other, and one had oh, like yeah. superior weapons, and then all of a sudden, the one with like the most advanced weapons <laughs> stopped fighting, and they put their weapons down, and all the other people were so confused that they stopped fighting. <laughs> See, and they looked at this army, and all of a sudden, they all realized they were from the same land. They were all brothers and sisters. So that's what you call waking up quantumly. That's wild. To a revelation. But see what I mean about letting things breathe? Yeah. Because to me, I had no idea what that meant till that. Yeah, you know, it's the monkeys. Or it's like we need one camp to wake up and so that the others will Yes. Follow. And even some of those that still want to hold on to greed and power and want to fight, what's going to happen is they won't have anybody to fight for them because people will just put down their weapons and walk away because now they've found Mm. unconditional love. That's good. And they love one another. This is where the Father's going, (laughs) not to come back and burn the planet. Well, and Jesus said that. He said it will be as the beginning, which was what? Walking and talking with God in the garden in the cool of the day. Back to Eden. And that's actually what I was thinking was if enough of us live in Eden now, the rest of the world will wake up to Eden. They'll wake up to Eden, which has been here all along. It's just a state of being. We left in our minds, Mm -hmm. and we became darkened in our understanding. 
and it's the mind that has to wake up. It's the fire on the sword that refines us to re-enter. Yeah, that's it. The all-consuming fire. So there's nothing left but him. And now you're looking at the book of Revelation, see? And, and what's at the end? We're the silversmith. Yes. Come on. What's at the end? A marriage, which is what Paul talked about, union. I have a mystery, he said. It's about Christ and his church. Wow. So let me, let me uh, if anybody has any questions or any comments, uh, now's a great time. And I'm, I'm going to share one last thing. It'll take a few minutes. One thing, it's amazing. If you just allow this to come in to you, it's from St. John of the Cross, and it's called unknowing and if you listen to what he's really saying you begin to understand that you have to let go of your intellectual perception of god and what you've been taught about him and let him teach you he says i entered into unknowing and there i remained unknowing Transcending all knowledge, I entered into unknowing. Yet when I saw myself there without knowing where I was, I understood great things. I will not say what I felt, for I remained in unknowing. Transcending all knowledge. The perfect knowledge was of peace and holiness held at no remove. In profound solitude, it was something so secret that I was left stammering, transcending all knowledge. I was so overwhelmed, so absorbed and withdrawn that my senses were left deprived of their sensing, and my spirit was given an understanding while not understanding, transcending all knowledge. He who truly arrives there cuts free from himself all that he knew before now seems worthless, and his knowledge so soars that he's left in unknowing, transcending all knowledge. The higher he ascends, the less he understands, because the cloud is dark, which lit up the night. Whoever knows this remains always in unknowing, transcending all knowledge. The knowledge in unknowing is so overwhelming that wise men disputing can never overthrow it for their knowledge does not reach to the understanding of not understanding transcending all knowledge and this supreme knowledge is so exalted that no power of man or learning can grasp it he who masters himself will with knowledge and unknowing always be transcending and if you should want to hear the highest knowledge, it lies in the loftiest sense of the very essence of God. This is a work of his mercy to leave one without understanding, transcending all knowledge. He's talking about leaving carnality to enter spirit, leaving all knowledge of man and entering into the all-knowing of God is what he's talking about. Wow. You don't learn it, you access it in the very essence of yad heh vav -Hey, the creator of all things, the father of creation, 
who loves us, passionately loves us, but realizing that the Babel of Babylon <laughs> does not access Eden. No. There's a lot of Babel in Babylon. Ha. But until we let go and go into unknowing, that means into the very heart of the Father, into this place of ecstasy that the mystics speak of, to this place within you, each one of us, it is within you. It's that Zoe life, incorruptible, indestructible life of the Father that's one with you in your spirit right now, but you must journey inward from the outer court through the holy place into the holy of holies that you might live and move and have your being in the very place that is your home it is your home to live from the inside out not the outside in that's what this whole thing is about to live the christ life now and when i was a young christian i one time was incredibly homesick for heaven and i told my wife i said sue i don't understand what's going on I'm homesick for heaven, and I don't think I've ever been there. How can I be homesick? Well, it's because I didn't know it's my home. Of course I've been there. Wow. It's, it's a veil that needs to be I'm removed. Homesick. I was very homesick, you know? You know when, like, you want to go home? And, and that yeah. was it. It, was, it come over me. I was trying to understand it. I was like, is this the Holy Spirit homesick? Why am I feeling homesick? I've never been to heaven, right? I've, I've never even been there. No. See, That's my mind bad. couldn't get a hold of the reality that, of course, I, I was birthed in God. I am one with God. Of course, it's my home. Come on. Yeah. So that's our journey is into the heart of God. I live and move and have my being. Come on. In Abba. Wow. And it is now. The way is now. It is now. My presence is me in the present. So right wild. now. Come it's on, now. Lord. But for each one of us, we, this journey there of the book is. of Revelations is, is, is what we're walking through internally within us to bring us into the marriage, the oneness again with God. I asked him just recently again. Yep. Um, cause I've been getting pretty wet, uh, recently <laughs> and I was like, you know, I want to know. And he goes, Corey, you have to be known to know. And that's what experiencing the presence is, is being known. Yeah. It's the same. It's like, what does it look like between the, the Trinity? There's an expression of love. Yeah. And so in our unity, there's a being known that'll lead to everything else. The unknowing is us being humble yeah, and truly coming, going, you know what, God? There's no way I got this thing figured out. Not at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's why the John, he's a mystic, right? Yeah. A Spanish mystic from Spain who uh, I believe mentored Madame Guion or was mentored by Madame Guion, one or the other. Mm. I could be wrong. 
But I, even like it's wild. Like even right when you said that, mm. right there, like just that he's a mystic. Yeah. There's like a vibration that comes out because we're all called to be mystics. All of us. If you believe in an unseen God, you're mystical. Yeah. Whether you want to call yourself that or not, it's the mystery. It's the mystery. He wants us God. to, uh, <laughs> mm. even Martin Luther, guys, like just breaking free of the Catholic Church, just breaking free from religion, said the gospel is nothing short of laughter and yeah. joy. Yes. Yeah. What is, uh, what's his name? He calls it, uh, the the great scandal of the cross um yeah john uh, crowder crowder yeah. i love crowder yeah. yeah the scandalous gospel he calls it <laughs> it's so good mm -hmm. it is it's so good it's the good news Whoa. the good news <laughs> yeah we just there we oh go. dad yeah yes i Whee! know is so mm. wild because I know there's other things that we're looking for. There's answers we're seeking. We want healing. We want these things in our life. But the truth will set us free. Yeah. God may give you reprieve, but the truth will actually set you free from all of that. From all of it. Yeah. That's why, like, I don't seek provision anymore. I just know who he is. I feel the I feel the same now that I do when my bank account's empty or full. Yeah, that's amazing, man. And that's only one area. Yeah, I know. There's a million other areas in my life. But it's starting to spill over. And I'm starting to see things change in my heart that I didn't know could change. Mm -hmm. Because God's smart. He you think, <laughs> but not like, mm -hmm. but like, <laughs> mm. you <all> think. Mm. <laughs> that mm. good. Mm. All right. So, has anybody else got woo a question or comment or anything? Ah. Uh. To know, to be known, is transparency, right? A willingness to walk in the light and have everything shattered around me that's preventing me from the marriage. <laughs> from kissing the sun. Oh my lord. We ah. <laughs> Oh my lord. Yes. Yeah, you guys need to go to the place. You know, like you need to just close your eyes and start to see. Just let the Lord start to show you. On Sunday, I saw a, I was standing on the bow of a boat, mm. and it was hitting the waters, right? And all of a sudden, I felt this peace come over me, and the boat goes under the water. But I still feel that peace. And all of a sudden, I like the Lord brought me back to Paul where he says, 
I now count it on joy when trials come, and I see this picture of Paul on the ship about to sink with a smile on his face. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is screaming and running in torment, and here's Paul smiling as the ship's going down because he knows that which he's about to receive far outweighs what he goes through. He's not afraid of the storm because he's like, my life is in your hands. Yes. This storm has no hold on my life, so if I'm to live, I'll live, and if I'm not to, I won't. Yeah. And so he wakes up on the sand. And he lives, <laughs> right? Like, and it's like, it's like you even you're you're sinking to the bottom of the ocean now. Yeah. You might not have been in the same place as Paul was in the revelation of it, but the truth is, mm. it didn't matter. No, because you were to live. I lived. And when the and when you went for the heart surgery, it didn't matter because you were meant to live. Yeah. And when you were in the hospital for COVID, it didn't matter because you were meant to live. Yeah. I mean, and the doctor's looking at you going, how are you leaving here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. all the things that are being said now don't even matter because you're meant to live. I'm just, that's like you said about the, the, the financial thing. It's when we can finally come to that place where we know that he's all in all, where we're actually resting. I used to say it's like jumping out of, out of an par- airplane without a parachute because you you know he's holding you, in, you he's holding you. I'm pretty sure <laughs> he's holding you. I think in his hands, but that's a picture of our life. All those areas in our life that doesn't be- believe that and are subconscious that God's actually in charge. We're waiting for him to come and rescue us. Meanwhile, he's he did that. He's actually in charge. He's on the throne. God is on the throne, which means he's not sitting in a chair. It means it's a Middle Eastern picture of he is all, has all authority. That's what that means. Mm. Anyway, yay, God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so is anybody, are we, what are we doing? <laughs> oh, bless you guys. Thank you for coming uh, on the journey this week. Um This is the one you might want to listen to more than once and uh, write some things down, research them, and uh, see if it not be so. See if these things are true. And if they are true, then you will have to adjust your, uh, what do you call it, the thing on the boat? The rudder. The th- oh, yeah. the sail. Yeah, whatever. You have to adjust something to get in the right direction because you've been <laughs> off course. <laughs> and, and the Lord is the Holy Spirit's the wind blowing us on course. Of course. On course, of course. That's what he's doing. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's all good, isn't it? Oh, and that's why this is a bridge. You're right. It is a bridge. He's building it for us. It's wild. Like, before it was so not clear. That it was a bridge? That that there was a way. Oh. It was like guesswork. It was like... What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, all of Christianity was almost like fleecing your way through everything. You know? Yeah. Is it wet today? Is it dry? <laughs> you know? Are we going to have a good day or a bad day? Yes. <laughs> have you prayed enough? Have you read your Bible today? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, it's, um, what are we doing? It's the seventh manual. Mm. 
Wow. That we're on now. It's mm. crazy, guys. If you want to um, be a part of a Zoom school where you would actually be interactive uh, privately, it would not be on a public forum like this. Uh, you can feel free to message us and yeah. we could go through the manuals with people and uh, really start to unfold and interact. Yeah. And have a time of mentorship in that. Um, where you get to really unfold things. And, uh, you know, we've had a couple of people locally who are interested and uh, a few online. Mm. So the the more we get, the more we can figure out how and when we do this. Yeah. So. Yeah. We're just in the. Uh, embryotic stage. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bless you guys. Thank you for coming on the journey with us. And. Uh, We'll see you next Friday. Same place. Same something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that was-